Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 132 of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed their holidays and I hope everyone is safe and well. And if you missed it, you can check out our uh, previous episode um, where, uh, where myself, Thomas and Laura, where we discussed and revealed our top five adventure games of 2021. And we have a quick look ahead to our uh, most anticipated upcoming adventure games of 2022. Uh, now, for this episode... Um, I had the chance to speak to Liam Lawless, who is working on the world's first AI-written online um, interactive novel game, and a collaborative AI-written online interactive novel, I should say. And I found it really, really fascinating. And um, so in this interview, he spoke about uh, why he is doing this, what exactly this is, and uh, what his plans are for the future of this uh, game uh, slash online interactive novel. And it sounds sci-fi-esque, but uh, this is real. And this game is coming out on January 26th. So you can find out all about it beforehand in this interview. So without further ado, here is my interview with Liam Lawless. Please enjoy. I am delighted to be joined by Liam Lawless, who is writing the world's first AI written online interactive novel. And uh, I'm really curious. I'm really, really interested to find out more about this, which we will in just a bit. But well, first of all, hello, Liam. How are you? I'm doing just well, uh, Mr. Dunbar. I'm, I'm going with the second part of your name. I, I, yeah. I, I know you told me how to pronounce it. I, I'm just a little bit terrified of approaching that. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm sure your pronunciation would be better than a lot of people. Even here in Ireland, people have difficulty. Even my family at times, even I have difficulty with it. So <laughs> you would not be the only one. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Dunbar, I could get used to that. Um, <laughs> you know, if more people could start calling me that, you know, I would be quite happy. So I'll accept that, uh, Mr. Lawless. So, um, so Lee, we're here with Liam Lawless. So uh, f- first of all, uh, where do we find you? Uh, Liam, in which part of the world are you in? I am a proud Texan, 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 here in here in the United States of America. Okay, so I don't know my which name. Which is part of why? Part that's part of why that's part of why I called you Mister. It's a it, it's a cultural thing it's, down here in the south. So yes, yes, you're very polite down there. <laughs> I've heard anyway. Um, but uh, well, it's great to be talking to someone from Texas. I've never been and I don't know many people from Texas, but um, it's, uh, you know, I'm very, very interested in it. I'd love to visit someday. Uh, so, well, we shall see, hopefully in the future. <laughs> so first of all, before we get into your uh, online interactive novel, I was wondering if you could, first of all, give, us, give a brief introduction of yourself and uh, then say, what are your favorite narrative games? So I'm a younger person. I live in Texas, as already mentioned. For pretty much the past four or so years, I've had a strong interest in neural nets, which is part of what sparked my interest in this project. And uh, it's kind of it, it definitely carried me there because I have absolutely never touched any software related stuff before. This is I, I am flying by the seat of my pants. If, if you read through my devlog, which I have on my website, you will see that 90% of it is just me constantly panicking over how I'm going to implement a function. Um, I Most of my tech, technical expertise of any kind comes from work I've done as a member of my church's IT board. I work as, I volunteer there at my church to work the technical stuff. I messed around with neural nets, but not in any su- serious capacity. Uh, on the personal side, I I like anime. I play guitar and piano. I am attempting to become a novelist. As soon as this project is over, I'm going to give that a shot. Um, 
and it's funny i actually run a small podcast really i really shouldn't be i really shouldn't be as nervous (laughs) as i am about this because i i've done this before (laughs) it's weird is i think it must be if you're on the other end uh well what is your podcast about i'm curious now uh is it competition Uh, (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) no we're not even in the same realm it's uh movies (laughs) it's movies and uh Oh, movies and books, TV shows. Uh, well, and it's no, nowhere I'm near as big as this. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't think this is really that big. But anyway, I'm, I'm really curious now. What's the name of your podcast? Uh, Narrative Calculus, if any of you guys are interested in that. I, Me and a friend take a look at movies from a highly technical perspective. Okay. I think a lot of people listening to this podcast would be interested. <laughs> I know I am. Um, and I'm sure Thomas and Laura, who did a podcast with me, would be as well. So narrative calculus. Yes. It, yeah. it doesn't, it, it's not as interesting as it sounds. I know a lot of people no, are no. going to be interested, but as soon as you click. <laughs> I, you know, I've heard people say this before. Oh, you know, this isn't as good as people take or as interesting. And then we click and it's like, oh, it's actually is really interesting probably more interesting than we think so i will definitely be giving it a listen myself i'm sure people listening will as well um but yeah so you mentioned that you're into anime and that you are uh, so, sorry what is neuronets exactly for people like me oh, who geez. are new <laughs> or is that a difficult question or maybe it's a very 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 brief <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have seen that coming. I should have oh, seen sorry. that coming, but for some reason, it just it flew over my head. That uh, um, to sum it up, well, I, I'll go a bit more in depth later. But to sum it up, it's essentially the closest thing we have to an artificial brain as of today, 2021. It's a much, much. It's it functions in the same way as a brain with neurons firing back and forth through a set of algorithms, but it's much, much less reduced in complexity and much, much less efficient compared to, you know, the human brain. Um, That's much more complicated than that, but to sum it up briefly. That's a way that I can understand. Thank you. I I think I understood that. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) I mean, I understood what you were saying. So thank you for that. Um, Okay. So as I mentioned, you are writing uh, Unending Story, which you mentioned is the world's first AI-written online interactive novel. So uh, I suppose... Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes? It's just you said favorite adventure narrative games, and I never got to Oh, that. sorry. Yes, yes. I never... I forgot about that. Yes, so what are your favorite adventure or narrative games? You know, and it's funny, in your last interview, you actually brought up the creator of two of, uh, two of my favorite adventure narrative, Mr. John Ingold. Who wow. created the the sorcery series in eighty days? If I'm not mistaken. Yes, right? yes, we we had him by, on, on the podcast. Yes, yeah, the, those two are by far my favorite adventure slash narrative games, and it's really odd if you think about it because I'm creating something that is about as divorced as possible <laughs> within that same genre. You know, the thing that I love about sorcery and eighty days is how the thing that really fascinates me about this is the way they're able to integrate that gorgeous 2d user interface right and overlay it on top of this highly complex text adventure and here i am slapping together a product using nothing but uh but pure text it's it's definitely a little bit strange but by far those two are my favorites wow sorcery and then 80 days yes no i haven't played those games but i i played his really other games i played heaven's vault and then his latest game overboard which I'd say would be nearly two of my favorites. They're both absolutely fantastic. Um, but what what is it? I think you mentioned a little bit. What is it about sorcery in 80 days? You mentioned the 2D over on the text, but what is it that makes them your favorite games? You know, what is it about those games in particular? Probably a lot, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, where to even start? I, I'm going to pick out sorcery because that's probably the... No, 80 days, 80 days, because I, I, I play, I've replayed that several more times. It's, it's the sheer depth. They man, he managed to pack in so much depth into this, into 80 days, right? You have all of these branching options, um, all, all sorts of different paths, but it's overlaid with this 2D interface and constructed in a way 
that makes it so you never, ever feel overwhelmed with the amount of options, right? And here's, here's the part that I really, really love about it. In most choice-based games, you have this problem where you can instantly tell that it's going to be flavor text options if you've seen those before, right? You click on it, and, and it's just dialogue telling you how you feel at the moment, which... Um, and the funny thing about 80 Days is John Ingold managed to make it so that I, I almost can't tell half the time which of them are going to be uh, fake choice options and which are going to be real. There, there's no running counter to mm. the side. There's no running counter to the side telling you, you know, what your statistics are or anything. So it's not like you can use that as a basis to carefully watch your stats to see what options are affecting what. And I think it really helped with the immersion. Uh, yeah, no, I think um, based on these games as well, like I can definitely see where you're coming from. That um, you know the choices do seem like they matter, like unlike a lot of other maybe choice-based games as well. But yeah, I mean, for for me, the game that I've played is the writing and the way the um, the, the writing is. It feels so natural and organic. And I've heard a lot of good things about Eighty Days. Uh, Laura played it as well, and she loves that game so i think she would agree with you um that's um but and i think also was I, i'm going to get the pronunciation of this name wrong but believe so meg giant who uh at least co-wrote or co-developed the game 80 days so shout out to her as well um but yeah no you've got good taste in games then i see <laughs> yeah. but i'll definitely <laughs> have to give that a try and, and sorcery um so yeah so well thank you for that uh Liam so now you are also as we mentioned writing an online interactive novel uh first AI written online interactive novel so first of all I guess do you have um any examples of other AI written uh novels or on AI written uh texts because you mentioned you're working with Neuronets as well and I suppose what, what makes your online interactive novel different? I don't know if this is a long question. Or a... Right. Yeah. Um, and it's great that you bring that up because that's actually the first thing I have over here on my, on my own list on this side. I mean, it's I can that... read people's minds. So. <laughs> <laughs> we got a mind reader here. We got a mutant, guys. <laughs> um, so... The the uh, the obvious example is um, AI Dungeon, which was probably the first of its uh, of its ilk to come out. The first of this AI type, AI Dungeon, how it functions, it's essentially this D and D campaign, right? But with the AI as your dungeon master, right? And the the thing about AI Dungeon, or the thing about these AI apps in general. A lot of them have been coming out over the past couple months due to the release of this new tool called GPT-3. Um, and to explain what GPT-3 is, I'm going to have to explain what a neural net is, um, which I don't feel like doing because I don't think I'm, I'm qualified enough. But I am. I do feel qualified enough to talk a little bit about what GPT-3 is. So GPT-3 is this is a neural net, as I explained there, a kind of artificial brain. Think of it. In, in simpler, in even simpler terms, think of it as a really, really smart autocorrect for text. In this case, it predicts what what the next piece of text is going to be based off of the previous text entry. And it's been, and it was huge when it came out within certain circles because it was almost lifelike in a lot of cases, like borderline. In, in if you pick the best out of twenty, you legitimately could not tell that many of these responses were generated by an AI, which was huge, right? So you have all of these clones popping up of AI Dungeon for due to the potential there, right? The problem is though, and, and this, is, this is my frustration with AI Dungeon and so many of them, is that, like I said, you get the, if you pick the best of 20, you get, you get something that's almost startlingly lifelike. Well, the problem is you have to try to generate those 20 in order to get uh, that best of. And it, it's very frustrating. It, mm. it really is. You, you keep on going, you keep on trying, and you finally get it. Then you have to repeat the process over and over in order to get a decent artificial intelligence continuation. And 
after it's fun it's fun for novelty value at first because it's like oh artificial intelligence is really awesome mm. right but i i found that more often than not with most of these options on top of that generate ai generation is expensive it's really really expensive you're, you're simulating a small brain and so you can't even use gpt3 without without paying you're using what you use for free is this a lower tier model that you, we were talking best of 20, try best of 50 to, to get something near human-like. Uh, it, and it's just, it's not a good experience. It's, it really isn't for the player. Uh, it, it's a, most of the, most of the users so far that I've seen who still use it really are really only in it for novelty value, either that, or they have the patience of, a rock or something. I I, I can't right. comprehend there. <laughs> um, I mean, I, sorry, I've never used this myself, but it sounds like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like the idea in theory sounds fascinating, sounds really good. But then when you get into it, it can be a bit clunky and repetitive because you get a you know decent kind of story or continuation. You'd have to reload. You'd and be a lot of very repetitive, and so people can get kind of frustrated uh, with it. Is is that kind of like what i'm what i'm understanding that's exactly that's exactly (laughs) (laughs) you Uh, you have to keep on trying to get the ai to give you what you want and it's just it's just not fun Mm. so part part of my so part of the ai comes from that aspect and then part of it comes my from my frustration with modern choose your own adventure games uh, so, non-AI generated ones. So these are normal, sorry to cut you off, but these are normal like interactive, choose your own Yeah, adventure, yeah, interactive choices fiction, and all. choose your own adventure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so are you disappointed with these then, or is there something that you'd like to add to these? So so what's your thoughts on modern uh, interactive novels then? Well, it's I don't, I think that there it, it comes from more of a desire to add. It's that Okay. The th- the thing about choose your own adventure games, especially text-based ones, you really have this unique potential because um you you have this unique potential for building really truly um I'm trying to express it in the right way. You you can build experiences, a true variety of experiences is what I'm trying to say. You can build a true variety of experiences because you're not limited by graphics or budget or sound design you can just go wild with text right uh but you know you 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 look at the modern selection right and most most narrative based games most or not narrative based choose your own adventure games or interactive fiction really don't have that have that uh kind of expansive variety because you know you, you Think about something like Skyrim, right? Where they managed mm-hmm. to pack in that huge open world, right? The thing about Skyrim is you had, you know, a team of hundreds working on building that world. Choose your own adventure games. They don't justify, they don't have enough money to justify really packing in that kind of variety, even though comparatively it is much cheaper. So you end up with this funny situation where you have uh, all of these single authors who really don't have the time to really leverage text to its advantage text-based games to their natural advantage where they can pack in so much more content compared to any other game system yeah no i think um you know you you make some very good points there because with choose your own adventure games or choose your own i don't text games or online uh novels interactive novels i do enjoy them but uh, yeah, as you say as well, that when you just choose, uh, you know, the options and I know it's supposed to be, and I've had this as well, not just with a text game, but I recently played an FMV game that was choice based. And, but the thing is that once you finish it and there's, they say they have however many endings. And if I go back, but then I often find myself getting a little bit, oh, I have to go through a lot of the same to get slightly exactly, different outcomes. Exactly. And I'm like, with so many other things to do, I really couldn't be bothered if it's nearly the same thing, <laughs> nearly the same story. And I know that people put a huge amount of work into this. I'm certainly not knocking them. They do a huge amount of work. And this other game that I had played, uh, which I reviewed called Bloodshore, 
um, that they said they had, I don't know how many different endings and how many different scenes. I played once and then I was replaying it, but I was like, oh, this is the exact same scene again. You can't skip it. And it's the same with online choose your own adventure is that a lot of it will be clicking through the same. Now, sometimes they are very different, but, but yeah. Um, do you find that as well yourself? Absolutely. That that's, that's my, that's my main problem with them. You, you oh. play it twice. <laughs> you play, you play it twice. You play it three times and, and it, and it stops being a story and you can immediately see all of the decisions that went underneath it. And you can tell where they where the author cut, cut costs, decided to take shortcuts in order to uh, make it feel like it was much bigger than it actually was, which isn't, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, like you said before, we're, yeah, we're not, not knocking, knocking it. All. Absolutely not. I mean, like adventure games, the adventure game podcast, right? I have nothing against, you know, highly, fairly railroaded content because like uh, you get, you're allowed to set the tone and pacing because you can really fine tune that experience, right? But what frustrates me is when they promise this is such a huge, giant open world with so many different experiences. And then you really start to pay attention and you can realize it's all just, it was all just a trick. It, it, they were just playing you, right? Yeah, the people had the same issue with uh, The Walking Dead from Telltale, which I loved. You know, I really loved that game, but I can understand where people are coming from because Telltale mentioned that uh, your choices really matter. And right, and I then they feel it, like they don't matter. I know, then when I uh, replayed it, say I saved one person over the other the first time, I saved the second person this time, but then that person you know, ended up dying as well. And the story kind of was the same. But when I played another one of their games, um, I, I think uh, you had a choice to, I think it was a Batman game, which again, I really enjoy. I'm certainly not knocking these games, but you had two options, I think, to leave the asylum or to stay. And I decided to stay, but then the next uh, scene was, oh, Alfred came and uh, said that, oh, I've uh, paid uh, whatever, paid the bail and you can leave. I'm like, oh, why did I bother making that choice uh, to begin with? And I did feel frustrated at that time. But anyway, not knocking these because I love these games. I have a whole podcast on them. Uh, what is AI written online interactive novel that you're doing, first of all? <laughs> right, well, the system essentially functions like this. When you open the game, you're going to be greeted by a bunch of generated responses to a prompt, right? If you select a prompt or a response, sorry, if you select a response that hasn't been clicked before, the AI will generate a new continuation. But this is going to be the exception. Most of the time, what you're going to be selecting is options that other players have already clicked. In that situation, the AI doesn't do anything. Instead, the website just takes the response from a database and just feeds it to you. And here's, here's what really gives the system power. It's that all of these responses are ranked, right? So you, you click on that response. You don't like it. You, you think it's, it's another example of AI not really knowing what it's doing. And you think, this is, this is clearly terrible. You, you click it down. You go back. If enough people click on it, it's gone. And so you have the situation where the best the best of, like I talked about, the best of 20 at the very beginning of this, mm. right? All of those best of 20 stuff rises to the top naturally. You don't have to waste time frustrating yourself trying to get the AI to do what you want. And for the choose your own adventure side, I was talking about true variety of content, right? You don't have the limit. The AI doesn't have the limitations that a human writer does. The AI doesn't have to take a break and stop the AI isn't limited by how much, well, it, it, it is to a certain extent, but you're paying an AI much less than you would be a human. Um, so you, you get, I, like, I envision in my head, like this truly massive sprawling tree of choices, right? With millions of nodes, of millions of options, all of it, the, the absolute best possible option. Although in reality, it's probably going to be something more like uh, above average, but <laughs> <laughs> that—that's uh, so that—that's that, what I see in my head. That's that's uh, that's how the system works, essentially speaking. Yeah, so so it sounds fascinating, and it's uh, so just to to give an example, you say that there is um, you know uh, you know a story, you have a sentence or a paragraph, and then we have a list of responses. 
And then right. if we choose a response, if we like it, we can upvote it. If we don't like it, we can downvote it. Is that, right. yeah? And then, yeah, that's exactly it. So then the responses that have got the most upvotes, they will be the first responses. Is that? That's exactly uh, what it is. Yeah, okay. that's exactly what it is. So you'll be clicking on what other people think are the best responses anyway. So at least chances are the story should be interesting the, the first time around at least. And then when you play it again, um, how do you visit it, you know, avoiding the repetition that we spoke about uh, earlier? Well, part of the, the way that repetition functions in cho choose your own adventure games, they present to you a false choice or maybe a false set of choices that continue down, but then they immediately merge back with the main branch, right? So if you've got this story about, you know, uh, what what was the story of a, what was a Telltale's Walking Dead story? You know, you've got that main story, right? You click on the false option and then it immediately shoots you back mm. into the main story. Well, by the way that the system is structured, that is literally impossible in in uh in in the project that i'm making an unending story there is no system there is no system i've set up for ever allowing any of these options to ever be the exact same to ever link back into another branch it is all 100 unique every single option wow that must take you a long time <laughs> well not me it takes the ai, oh, the AI sure so so how, how does how does it work? i'm sorry i'm sorry I, i'm a you know, I'm a bit dumb sometimes, but so do, do no, you... it's definitely my explaining skills. No, no, no. You were explaining it really well, but I, I'm genuinely fascinated, fascinated by this. But so this is AI generated content, as you said, but do, do you write the, um, the story itself? Do you write the paragraphs? Is it the AI that comes up with it? Or do you uh, do you write the responses yourself or can other people write the responses? Um, so how would that work? Or is it all AI? I, I absolutely included the the option for players to do that if you wanted to, oh. you know, if, if you decide that for whatever reason, the AI just keeps on spitting out garbage in this specific <laughs> uh, in this specific part. Right. It just keeps on pumping out garbage. It's absolutely within you. All, all it takes is just go down to this form. You click the button, you submit the whatever you wrote up and then it includes it in the next branch just like that. Okay, so we can include our own responses then. It's possible. Yes, if, but yeah. pri but primarily, primarily the intention is to have the the AI working of, most of it. Of course, yeah. So how did you? Again, another possible dumb question for me because I've never done anything like this, and I'm really curious. Well, I've never works. done anything like this, really. So <laughs> I mean, we're in the same boat here. Well, okay. Well, you seem to know more about this than than I do. Um, it's the product of about. Uh, five minutes of Google searches. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So do, do, do you write any part of the story or is this all AI that is writing the story? Uh, me personally, or yeah. Do you, do you personally like get it started? Like say you are standing in a forest. And... Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I plan on it. Parts of it that have already been written up. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on a prologue for it just to give the AI a, a head start right but af but after that the ai takes it in because you know you it has to have that foundation right yeah for it for it to know yeah. what's what's going to be happening what what's happening around it but past that the ai will be doing most of the work well i'm genuinely fascinated by this <laughs> so you this sounds like real sci-fi territory work it in. does it really does doesn't it <laughs> so, okay so you start a story you write the prologue and then the ai continues it based on a response so the ai generates the responses as well does it the options that we can click on yeah it generates wow. the options generates the main paragraph although users if they choose um can... if users if they choose they can prompt it they can start off a beginning and say ai i want you to generate a little bit more past this what what would happen if I selected this option? But what you can also do is just let the AI generate the whole thing, top to bottom. Well, I I had no idea this. Could, I mean, it shows what I know. <laughs> um, are are you? Because myself, I have been told that I can be a bit of a control freak, <laughs> and I will admit that. So, from you who designed this and now letting the AI 
shall we say, take over, continue the story. Are you a bit concerned maybe about some of the directors, some of the things it might write? Or would you like to have more control? Or Oh, I'm, you- I'm terrified. I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> the, the, here's the thing about most of, about GPT. In order to create it, they had to train it off of data. They feed hmm. the data in and then it slowly gets better predicting what should come next based off of that data. Here's the thing about this data. You know where they got most of this data from? humans us (laughs) yeah and and not only that not only humans the internet the most wild place (laughs) there's this joke there's this joke online with uh, ai dungeon right you Mm. you you can you can construct this beautiful prompt with all this character stuff right and it will have no idea what to do with it and then you can put in a prompt for porn and it, yeah. will, it will generate the most masterfully, you know, it, it, it has like 30 different synonyms for all sorts of innuendos. And it's it, it's incredibly disturbing. How, uh, so that's that's my main concern is that the AI is a very, very naughty boy who will take this story <laughs> in very weird directions if you allow it to. But that's what that's what the re-ranking option, what the ranking option is for. And there will be some kind of not safe for work tags so that you can filter all okay. of that out automatically. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask, because if someone is maybe uh, playing this or doing this under lunch break or playing it with their kids and then the AI goes in these <laughs> no, no, directions. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, I, I was curious about what you thought about if the AI kind of like goes out of control that if it goes down areas that we really don't want it to um but okay so is, is it possible then that the ai you know once you start a story that it might go in this direction uh how to say to one say but then you have people who can up, upvote so hopefully they would upvote the the best options <laughs> you have more faith in the average internet user i mean i know i, I know god i'm t- <laughs> <laughs> But look, the the options, but at least you have the tag that it could be not. So this is in general. It could be not safe for work then in general. Is that correct? Uh, I really hope it doesn't end up like that. I I hope it doesn't just become like a glorified, you know know what I mean? Sure, sure. (laughs) Um, It does have, I I am leaving most of it up to the users though. So really that is true. It could be going that direction. And if it does, you know, fair play yeah. if, if the people want yeah. what they want if they're really going to do that fine but we, the hope is <laughs> is that it'll turn out a little bit different than that with all our dirty minds <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not Ho- hopefully this will be genuinely the best responses and we can all enjoy it but then if people if we do see those options we can always downvote them as well right. um so uh no i'm i'm really fascinated I, you know i'm really interested to see because it does sound like we are genuinely in control that, you know, without even writing ourselves, like we can choose what we think are the best option and then we'll continue on with the AI. So it sounds uh, fascinating. So then on the development side of it, um, how, how do you, how did you actually, because I know you said you already work with Neuronets. Um, so how did you get this started then so what tools did you but you mentioned gpt as well but how did you get started on this you know how did you actually develop this so are do you want me to start off with how i got the idea or uh, with... yeah that's a good start actually yeah i mean i think you mentioned as well but yeah where did you get the idea then you see it came upon me one night in the midst of a no no there, 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 there's this <laughs> website there's this website this dude awesome guy who I follow regularly called Wern. And he basically posted literally everything that I'm telling you in a, in a article where he said, somebody go make this place. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I took it upon myself to steal his absolutely beautiful idea and shamelessly <laughs> take it and uh, recreate well, it. Like he, this. He I, I'm not a genius. I'm sorry. He, he, he offered, he asked, and you, you know, you took it upon yourself. So, you know, you're took the initiative. <laughs> uh, when it comes to or do you have anything else you wanted to add? No. So you, so you got the idea. So you took it, uh, took the initiative and you, you ran with it. Um, and so then the, I suppose the AI model, 
I, I don't know if it's possible to explain to someone like me <laughs> to make me, someone like me understand. But h- how do you, I suppose, fine tune the AI model to, you know, what system or what tool do you use, you know, for you to start writing the story and then have the AI model continue it by itself? Well, the first thing that that we that the that I want to do is I'm going to have to fine tune the model to want to do adventure story responses rather than spiraling off and creating a bunch of aforementioned naughty material right. or any <laughs> or or even just nonfiction stuff, you know, keep it from suddenly spouting out half the text of a Wikipedia page on apples, for example, because <laughs> it, it was fed, it was fed Wikipedia and several fact sites. And we don't want it. We don't want it to, to do that. Mm. So part of that involves fine tuning it and giving it um, specific high quality material. Like for example, the text of several adventure books, Except it won't actually be adventure books because that would be illegal to mm. pump it into <laughs> pump it into my system like that. But uh, free online stuff that's already public domain is fair game. So that's what uh, that's what the plan is. I I I actually haven't gotten around to fine tuning it because it's so expensive and I don't have the money right now. And so I'm waiting. I'm waiting on hopefully my followers to support me in some way through a Patreon I run. But the plan is once that does get up and running, you fine tune it so that it wants to go in the direction of an adventure story or a fantasy story rather than just going off the rails. Right. Yeah. So there is still some direction it, yes. uh, it goes in. <laughs> uh, no, that sounds absolutely uh, fascinating. And so, so you, you'll, you'll be giving you know, some consistently interesting adventure story responses I mean, to make sure it keeps going in a certain direction. That's what I, is that what I understand? Is that, uh, um, or no, the, the <laughs> kind of the way, the way the fine tuning aspect, it happens before we ever put the website oh, okay. up. So this is before you put it up. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We, we, we trained the model a little bit more to make it do what I want it to do like a circus dog rather than, rather than going off the rails. And then when I give it give it over to the users for them to use on the website, it'll hopefully not go insane and you know, <laughs> as we've already discussed. Man, man, we're making a lot of references to to dirty material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're the first explicit thing. Well, well, so let's say hopefully that won't happen. Um, do, do you, how do you store all the responses then on the AI responses? So do you have some sort of database or something? Uh, it, it's funny that you bring that up because that was probably the most frustrating part of early development. So as I mentioned to you before, I, I have no idea what on earth I'm doing. I am absolutely flying by the seat of my pants. Um, and part of that shows in the fact that I couldn't even set up the database for this, for this to function. It took me like two days of troubleshooting to get the database to work. What I what what I had started with, it's so crazy. I used this tool called MySQL, which uh, some business owners will recognize because it's where they store all of their information relating to money and uh, their finances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and so I spent probably. I, I spent about four hours. I was up until 1 a.m. trying to get it to work. And every single time it would give me the same unexplainable error. And I, I was so frustrated. I, I legitimately picked up my laptop. I w- it was one o'clock in the morning and I was actually on the verge of tossing my laptop out the window. <laughs> um, you were not the only one. I think uh, any game developers or anybody who's worked with technology I think we've all been there <laughs> for yes. whatever reason. I think at some point we have all wanted to pick up our laptop or computer and just throw it out the balcony, out the window. So um, you are far from alone with that. <laughs> I, 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 went, I went through this entire on Stack Exchange, right? There's this question and answer site. And I went through, the, in, through almost 20 different solutions and I couldn't get it to work. And I ended up completely nuking the installation twice and it still <laughs> wouldn't work it just gave me the same error i eventually decided you know what this, this is clearly a lost cause i'm switching over to a different thing mm. and 
what I didn't know was that it was a fork of the original. So it was an edited version of the original version that I of my sequel. It's called Maria DB. And it just and I got the ex, the exact same error. And I <laughs> my mind was almost not not just like, you know, uh same general realm. It was almost the same, it was the same error message word for word on a different piece of software. And, my, and I was just I was blown away. I did not know what to make of it. Um, after nuking it again, twice, uh, <laughs> this entire installation, I, I was almost about to reinstall um, my operating system because I, I, I was losing my mind. I had no idea what was happening, right? I, I gave it one more shot. I switched over to this different database, PostgreSQL. I... I open it up and I get hit with another error, but this time it's different. Oh, it's different. So this I, time. I'm okay. much happier. I'm much happier, <laughs> even though I'm still sad, right? Uh, I, I went through this manual, which was far better formatted than the first, by the way. Um, I go through it and I still can't figure it out. And finally, finally, I find out that Microsoft has a guide on how to run this stuff. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's Microsoft, right? I'm is there all alone? <laughs> oh, hopefully, hopefully they've, they've got something for me, right? And it's exactly as you say. It, all it takes is like two or three words. Enter, and it just starts up. And, and it was then that I realized my, my, my mistake here. The tool that I was using for development, for running this whole thing, was something called Windows Subsystem for Linux, so I really should have gone to Microsoft from the very beginning. It had Windows in the name. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Again, I think a lot of people will understand that as well. We've all been there. We spend hours or days or weeks or sometimes years working on something. And then we realize, oh, the answer is right there all along. <laughs> Um, oh, but so so you find you find you found something then to to help you create you know create uh, you know fine tune the AI then is is that our we we we, we the have responses? the I I have the I have the tools for those set aside but okay but but the problem with that is even though I have the software it's the hardware that's the main concern it requires um, a fairly expensive either GPU. Yeah, you could run it off of a couple of GPUs, um, which is which would be great if not for the fact that I am using a laptop from 2012 to make this uh, an integrated an integ uh, Intel i5. You know, it's uh, it's not the most suitable thing for trying to mess around with uh, artificial intelligence. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right. So first thing from Patreon is, you know, help you get uh, a new computer and we can take it from there. But I think it's amazing that you are still able to get as far as you did with, uh, uh, with this. So, but it sounds like you're making progress. It sounds like that you've got the tools now and now that uh, you, you are making progress, that you are, uh, you know, moving forward with it. Uh, do you have on, on the front end as well? So when we see this program, this game, this online interactive novel, uh, have you have you designed the front end and the user interface and yeah, how the, players will interact? So all of that is the, is the done? design. Well, I mean, functionally, it's finished. The design aspect, I've got it down on paper. Okay. And actually, if you look on my website, you can see a short demo of what it'll look like um, in GIF format. But when it comes to actually being there in the code, not yet. But it is absolutely almost ready for, for that part of development. I've almost got pretty much almost all of the backend systems are finished, actually. Okay. I, so, uh, sorry, go the, ahead. Yeah. The, the part for reading and writing um, nodes to the database, completely finished. Great. Uh, um, submission, completely finished. The generating... Um, uh, it's not using a real generator. What it's using is like this cheap thing I found online uh, that that runs about as quickly as a snail that um, got took an inappropriate metaphor that I'm not going to mention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Sorry, my sense of humor is uh, terrible. Uh, oh, no, people have said that about me. <laughs> Believe it or not. So it can't be worse I, than mine. <laughs> I, I find you funny, man. This is this has been great. You have been a great host thus far, especially for putting up with the with no, uh, no, this no, thank you. So of, I, a, of a talk. <laughs> no, no, I, I really enjoy it. And I'm pretty sure the people listening are really enjoying it as well. Um, but yeah, thank you. I will hold you to that. It's recorded. You said I have a great sense of humor. That is people, of course. Somebody <laughs> has finally said that. So, <laughs> that if any, if we get anything out of this uh, this interview conversation, we can get that. <laughs> um, so, anyway, this is about you, not about me. So you have all of the the backend stuff, and you have the design and paper. So now, does do you, you just need to implement it? Then now you just the the backend aspect in terms of implementation is already more or less set up. There is some light tinkering. I, I only realized about two weeks in that what I wanted to do, you know how websites, they usually have that, uh, well, I mean, early websites, 2010 or something. That was the paradigm I was operating off. I was working like a 2010 web developer where you click on something and it reloads the entire page. And I realized, wait, hold on. What am I doing? It's a decade. What are you doing, man? <laughs> so I, I had to restructure a fair amount of uh, things and I'm still in the middle of restructuring it to where it doesn't have to do that dumb reload, whole page reload. It just shoots you to the next thing, to the next uh, page on what you click. Um, and that's mainly what I've been working on. Past that, uh, there's very there's very little left on the back end side. Most of it is going to be over the next couple of weeks. We'll be working on fixing the actual design of the front page and making it so that you don't want to barf when you look at the uh, when you look at the look at the website. Okay, uh, is is anybody helping you with this? Or are you doing this all on your own? No, I, I'm complete. I'm I'm running wow. completely solo. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing that you're doing all of this just by yourself. That's uh, you know, that's that's genuinely impressive. And uh, you've, <laughs> it, genuinely. Um and that it's 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 nearly nearly done then. So um so you now we mentioned as well how we have AI generated responses and now you also mentioned there would be an option maybe for people to put in their own uh, responses. It's can everybody do this, or would we need? I don't know. You mentioned Patreon. Would this maybe be only for Patreon uh, subscribers, or how um, would that work? I did actually consider like limiting the submission, but the problem with that is like, I mean, most of the time, real genuine user input is going to be better than the AI equivalent, mm. like ninety percent of the time. Why would I want to limit users from being able to submit their own options, their their own responses, if they're going to make better content most of the time? So in the so I decided no, that that's obviously got to be you know free for everybody to use. The only okay. paid the only paid aspect will be there will be I'm I'm going to use a fine tuned version, older version of GPT. And that will be the default version that most people use. Not really out of any kind of money grubbing profit thing, but just mm. because it, it it is legitimately expensive to run the higher quality model, like much more expensive. In fact, um, it, there's this whole Microsoft tax you have to go through because you can't even, it's not even open source for everybody to use. It's um, it's exclusively Microsoft's thing. They They have... They have they have exclusive access to GPT three right now, so it, it's much more expensive than running a lower lower tier one. Okay, that's the only that's the only part that's going to be paid. Just being able to use that higher tier model. Okay, now presumably you know you know you mentioned that you don't want to be money grabbing, but you are putting a huge amount of work into this. So we would like you you know to make some money out of this. <laughs> Uh, where, where I would did... like me to make some money out of this as well. What a coincidence. I mean, I, I would want you to do that after all the, the work and effort you're putting into it. So so you mentioned the, the higher tiered ethics. Uh, so would, would this be free then for people or would people uh, be expected to, pl to pay to play the game or how would that work exactly? I'm sorry if you've already answered this. Um. No, I don't think you answered. I, uh, you asked that specifically. Okay. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be free. For normal play, using a low tier model, you can okay. generate using the low tier model. You can 
read through all of the all of the choices so far and submit. That's all for free, 100%. Most of the site functionality is free. The only aspect of it that's subscription-based will be being allowed access to that higher quality model that's exorbitantly expensive to mm. use. So... Okay, so people can choose. That's still very generous of you too, um, to, after all this time and effort. And so, so do you plan, would you like to uh, work with somebody, somebody to, to help you? Or do you think you've all, I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot done already, but maybe with the design or anything, um, anybody listening, I don't know, would if someone came to you and said, look, I'm a graphics designer or a developer, whatever, uh, would you consider... I know it's probably case by case basis, but would you consider um, uh, getting someone to help you finish this or would you be happy just to work to finish it off on your own? Well, if if they've got the right qualifications for, Hmm. well, first of all, I mean, I have no money with which to pay anybody. So that that eliminates (laughs) like 99% (laughs) of the people who might've been interested in working with me. But if, if through a miracle, somebody says, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a programmer and I'm really bored. You know, pandemic has just been so boring. I'll, I'll help. I'll do professional grade work for free. Why not? Uh, you know, if they have the qualifications, I have no problem with somebody coming on to help with either aspect, like security wise. That's something I've been really hmm. concerned about, actually. Um, user, the user aspect, um, what I've been, the tools I've been building it with, the user account system is already pretty well secured by default, but um, everything related to generating and submitting nodes was created by me, and I have no idea what I'm doing. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I'm deeply concerned that there's some kind of serious vulnerability there. I don't really know either way. Um, I will get before this is a no question, no, no question thing. Somebody will look over this before it goes live. Um, I will scrape together the money somehow, some way. Uh, I, I don't know how that's going to happen, but it will happen. I, I, I'm not going to let that go into the wild without making sure that it's uh, secure. Sure. But that, that is one place where I'm very interested if somebody wants to take a look at that. If you have experience, um, if you're willing to work for free for some insane reason <laughs> and, and you wanted to, that's one place i need okay sorry yeah ah. no be be a part of history the first ai what is it ai generated <laughs> online interactive novel or ai written um you know you never know there might be people out there um so it, it's no you mentioned as well have you considered crowdfunding or <laughs> is that i an- have i have i i have um i'm just i i do think it is absolutely if the patreon doesn't pick up here soon to where it can support the website um, and by support the website, I mean, get more than the zero dollars I've been getting. Oh, per no. Month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If it gets more, if it gets more, uh, if it still remains like that, I might, I might try crowdfunding. That's a good, actually, no, I might, I will try crowdfunding to see if, if that'll, if that'll manage to scrape something together just to initially support the site. But yeah. Well, here's hoping it won't it won't come to that, and uh, the Patreon somewhat suck a handful of people yeah, will help me out on pe- the Patreon. Pe- anyone listening, if you are interested, uh, we will include the the links. And then, do you now you've mentioned as well that you have uh, somebody look over it? Have you considered, uh, or will there be any beta testers? You know, people out there who might want to have a look over it as well before it goes out into the wild. Uh, is that an option that you've considered? Uh, it's okay to say no <laughs> well honestly I, I'm, I'm really not sure because um, part of the problem with letting people in for early access is that uh, you know if, if it gets out man this game I, I, I was in the early access and it was just so terrible because you know there were only like a handful of options and you know nobody else was generating anything well, yeah, nobody else was generating anything. There are only like 50 other people who are who are on the server yeah. with you. So uh, for, for something this simple, I think pro- there probably won't be any kind of uh, beta test of any kind. I mean, realistically, most of the functionality of the website is so simple. I could go through manually and test everything and it would probably be fine. And I'll 
probably have my family go check through it. I, I've got the whole range. I've got the gamer younger brother and the uh, boomer dad. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm checked. I'm checked on all sides. Uh, both generations great <laughs> exactly exactly uh no that sounds great and then when you do release it to the public do you think would you be then uh doing any more work on it uh you know or would you just let it go to the wild <laughs> well beyond um beyond basic upkeep i think i probably will take a break these have been i i've been making this at really honestly a breakneck pace it's it's mm. been pretty insane um like five weeks from beginning uh yeah five weeks and i've got the most of the website set up you five uh, weeks five weeks that's how long i've been working on this no uh, and, oh my, i thought no, it, it took you way longer i mean it sounds it's complicated a, <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean, for, for a professional programmer, most of the stuff I probably talk about in my devlog, they're probably rolling their eyes and going like, seriously. But uh, for, for me as an amateur, this has been this has been very tough, very frustrating work. I think past, you know, basic upkeep, I will probably take a break from programming in general for at least a month or two um, and no more extra functionality on the website beyond what it already has. Yeah, no, that sounds fair enough. So do you have any timeline? I know you said you're still kind of, uh, you know, there's still some things you need to do. Do you have any timeline at all for when you would like this to be released to the public? Or does, does it depend on Patreon subscribers? Or uh... I, I would. I would want this to be released um, late January. Um, I, I'm 90% sure I'm going to have this done by New Year's. Most of the functionality past that. It'll just be, you know, going in, making some very light bug fixes, making sure everything still functions. But as you said, a lot, oh, sorry. <laughs> a lot of this, uh, a lot of this does depend on if, if everything works out on the financial side, because hosting is expensive. Fine tuning mm -hmm. is really expensive, <laughs> like really, really expensive. Uh, so I hope if, if through some, if this podcast, you know, blows up and I end up getting enough Patreons to cover server costs for an indefinite period of time until we finally get subscriptions, until subscriptions start paying for themselves, um, then late January. But okay. beyond that, it is, it is fully up to whether or not anybody, honestly, my, my greatest fear, I make this, I, I go through all of this insane work, spending, you know, hours a day working on this thing. And then it whistles, it disappears into the wind because we couldn't afford the server costs. <laughs> no. Hopefully that won't happen. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully we won't get to that stage. And now we might as well ask, and I will include the link into in the show notes. Uh, but what what is the, the website for your Patreon? Uh, first of all. Uh, www.patreon.com slash Liam Lawless. Liam Lawless, perfect. I'll include that. And if people wanted to find out more about this project that you're doing, this AI written online interactive novel, where can they find out about that? That would be www.unendingstory.com. Cool. And we'll do the link to that as well. Um, so before we finish, then, um, unless is there anything else you wanted to mention about this thing that you are uh, unending story? Um, will, will there be an ending? Sorry, I meant to ask that as well. Will there be an actual ending to when we well, click on the here, responses or, or will here, it keep here. going? Uh, probably not. The thing, <laughs> the just with so to put it in perspective, it costs about 10 ter um, it costs about $50 a month to rent out, rent out a server from Hetzner, this, um, server hosting company, right? $50 a month. And that's where, where I'd, in the worst case scenario, that's where I'd store all of the database stuff. And to put it in perspective, you, you have 10 terabytes of storage. All in all, assuming you're storing maybe a kilobyte of space, you know, you've got uh, a couple of IDs related to where it is in the, in the system, plus the text relating to the actual story. We're talking about 10 terabyte, 
10 terabytes um, or 10 billion nodes in that in that, that sounds server. like a lot <laughs> it, it is a lot it's it's a very it is a very large number um realistically the odds of that ever getting filled up is insane but even if that gets filled up you can i i i have the technical know-how to build a custom box that has petabytes of data and at that point we're talking let's see here Oh geez, I, 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 I a, lot. a lot of numbers, a lot of numbers. Uh, let me tell you that big, big numbers, a lot of zeros, I'm sure. Uh, yes. Wow. So the, the story will then keep on going. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, this it probably won't be filled up until the end of time. So that again, that Which... that's that, that's one of the advantages of text-based stuff. Like I mentioned earlier, there is there's yeah. so little. There's so little stopping. There's no hard limit in terms of what can be accomplished in the physical world because of just how, how little it takes up in terms of storage. Wow. Well, that is genuinely fascinating. And it's so fascinating. I'm going to put this interview on two on my two podcasts <laughs> so as many people as possible can hear. Because I do think that a lot of people will be very interested in this. And um, so it is unending story. I will include links in the show notes for anyone interested. And if anyone is interested and you want to help Liam out, you can check you know check out Patreon.com. Uh, forward slash Liam Lawless. Again, I'll put the show notes, uh, the link in the show notes. Um, but uh, first of all, before we finish up then, you mentioned that you wanted to be a, a novelist as well after this. Uh, will it be another AI-generated novel or will it be more traditional <laughs> novel with uh, a beginning, middle, and end that you write? <laughs> y- yes. I, as much as I enjoy AI, I think after this project, I will probably not want to look at anything related to GPT for at least the next couple months, as useful as it may be. Oh, well, you never know. Do you have any ideas for your next, for your novel, then? Oh, I've already got the outline already written up. It's just uh, actually putting down the entire text written up. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's ready. It's just... Uh, Cool. Well, so little time working on this thing. I I, I can't touch it yet. <laughs> well, I might have you back on the podcast then. Uh, <laughs> talk about your novel. <laughs> I uh, would not mind that at all. This has been a this has been a lot of fun. You've been a great host. Oh, thank you. Well, look, I, I will hold you to that. You said I have a great sense of humor. So, <laughs> <laughs> any of my friends or family listening, there you go. <laughs> um, well, you've also been. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. We've already been over an hour. No speaking. I haven't. Wow, I thought this would barely last like fifteen minutes. Yeah. Oh no, don't worry. I, I I can get. You know, people who know me know that I. If you can say something short or something long, I will choose the very long options. <laughs> uh, but no, this this has been. I've really really enjoyed our our conversation, Liam, and I'm genuinely fascinated by this. Um, I've never even heard of you know like AI. I didn't know that you know you could do anything. Really like that shows what, what I know, but I will definitely look to trying it out and uh, to continue telling the story. Um, and oh, sorry, one, one last question: Can you say so? Say if you start with the story with uh, responses, and then if you have to leave, do you have to go back to the beginning then when you go back, or can you go back to the? No, and this is what's so amazing about it. It's so simple. There's already a bookmarking system, so you can oh, just wow. bookmark it, and that, and then besides that. You, it's all hooked up to the URL. And so all it takes for you to share it with somebody else, because remember, it's collaborative. Mm. It's oh, all yes, on yes. the same. All you have to do is just copy and paste the link. And you say, hey, man, this this response, the, this uh, this no, this uh, choice I got, it, it was crazy. You got to check this out. Like, wow. The social aspect of this would be insane when it manages to be released. Well, yeah, I probably should have mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably, huh? <laughs> so because it's also social, so you can, if you get a response and you can send it to, so people can play this together, like from different exactly. computers. Exactly. Wow, no, that's that now I'm even more interested. <laughs> and, and I completely forgot to mention it earlier. <laughs> well, we, in we case can... you could tell, but wait, wait, before, in, be, this is not the story. 
of a prodigy overcoming odds to release their, to create an option, uh, to create their product. This is the story of how even an idiot with the right tools can create something amazing. <laughs> oh, look, I, I, I don't think you're an idiot. I think you're a very smart, intelligent man. I, for, I, I'm very flattered. I'm very, for, go, for you know, going ahead with this, getting as far as you have. And then in a, hopefully in a few weeks or a few months to release this. Um, but yeah, so I didn't know. So you can't, so you could play this on a different computer as well. You can start back. Uh, to, at the uh, you know, if you stop on one computer and you can bookmark and start, you know, continue on another computer. If that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. That that is one hundred percent within the. It, there's nothing about it that's solitary. Everything is public. You could you could easily just you can favorite it, log in to another account, then get that uh, get that from your list, or you could just email yourself the link. And if you don't want to make an account, that's within the realm of uh, realm of options as well. Wow. No, this sounds, you know, really, really amazing. So, uh, well, look, uh, I will include a link in the show notes, the links in the show notes, and I will be talking about it, at least on the Adventure Games podcast uh, when it's up, because I'll definitely be trying it out. And um, yeah, no, I hope you, uh, I, I genuinely wish you the very best of luck with it. And I, I hope this as well. I hope that uh, the people are interested and that they get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, is there anything, before we finish, is there anything else that you would like to mention that we haven't spoken about? Uh... <laughs> Putting on the spot there now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing major, no. Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much, Liam. Uh, and we will definitely be in touch. And, uh, and again, very best of luck with this. So I uh, hope you well, take care then. You too, Mr. Uh, Mr. Dunbar. Thank you, Mr. Lawless. <laughs> <laughs> take care. So that was my interview with Liam Lawless. I hope you all enjoyed it. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I found this really, really interesting and really, really fascinating. Uh, he's releasing... Uh, unending story on January 26th so we can test it out and try it out for ourselves and I know I will be and uh, I'm sure I'll be talking about it at some point um, in the near future as well on one of our review episodes so huge thank you to Liam for speaking to me about this project and I really really wish him all the best with it so that is all we have time for this episode um, please join us uh, well probably next week or next two weeks as I will be once again joined by Thomas and Laura as we will be reviewing the latest adventure games that uh, we've been playing. I will be going way back as I will be discussing uh, the game, the last game I played, which is The Colonel's Bequest uh, from Sierra. And Laura will be talking about Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo and Conway. And uh, so uh, until then, take care, everyone. Goodbye. If you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for Adventure Game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are an adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you